Hello, this is Sarah from Sydney, Australia, and this is Life, the World and Everything in Between, the podcast where me and my friend Kelly from Small Town, USA, Greensburg, Pennsylvania, and I discuss our lives and everything that exists in the world between, uh, which is 15 and a half thousand kilometres in Aussie lingo and just over 9,600 miles in US currency. Today is episode nine, and I'm recording this on the 19th of September, 2021, and I'm flying solo today. Uh, Kelly's off on a big adventure, and I'm sure she's going to tell us all about it very soon. I am loving following her travels on Instagram. It's honestly such a thrill to see yeah, her out in the world doing great things and exploring um, but I, I don't want to take her story away so if you are interested though do pop over to her Instagram carry on with Kelly and I'll pop that link in the notes as well uh, so it's been a minute it feels like it feels like a while but it's um it's only 10 days since uh, episode 8 went up and things are much the same and you know personally a little bit different as well um, we're still in lockdown here in Sydney and there are rumours that an end to that might be in sight. Um, but I have to say, I think I've found my groove. I've stopped counting how long we've been here quite a while ago. Probably mentioned that uh, a time or two. Uh, and I'm also not counting down the days until this, you know, possibly is over. Uh, given that mid-October is a, is a date that's being thrown around at the moment. And, um, yeah, so I'm living in the present moment and I'm finding it really peaceful. It's quite good. Uh, so my week, uh, in terms of things changing, um, I'm wrapping up one of my part-time jobs. And so I spent a bit of extra time on that this week. But um, it's a relief. I'm really pleased to be letting this go as soon as I made the call as soon as I actually sent the my resignation email I just felt this weight off my shoulders um and you know this really fits in with with part of what I incorporate in sustainable living and and my philosophy on all of that because if we're not taking care of ourselves um, we're really, you know, not able to to go and do the things that we're here to do in the world. And for me, I found that part-time job was the work itself was was easy, but um, you know, some of the culture around that was really starting to wear me down. So uh, I'm nearly at the end end of this month, and uh, and that will be a closed chapter in my book and uh, I'm really really happy about it um, and it's also been a really great week of communication with my other team uh, my other part-time job uh, and I've been inspired to start up some new things in my business uh, namely a regular zoom meetup um, which is something you know I've organized a bunch of webinars for my part-time job which is also in sustainability and I have a regular coffee Zoom meetup with friends that actually live locally, but just given this lockdown, we've been catching up on a weekly basis. And I thought, well, that's working really well, uh, but who do I really want to connect with? 
I mean, like I want to connect with them, don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh, but who do I really want to connect with? I want to connect with my audience um, for Plastic Free Southeast Asia. So I'm looking into how that, making that come into reality, which is um, just really nice. And I also came across a documentary this week, which is very in line with um, the conscious consumption and what I like to call planet conscious eating. Uh, and this documentary looks like it's it's right on the money with that messaging. So I'm going to check it out and I'm going to see about holding a virtual screening. So it's all still in planning and, you know, I always, always um, want to watch these things and vet them before I bring them to a, a wider audience um, under my recommendation. So, um, yeah, I'll be looking into that as we go along. So that's how my week has been. Um, I've been in touch with Kelly, so I know that her week is going well <laughs> um, and she's got a big week ahead. So I'm not sure when we will get together, but probably in a week and a half at least uh, to do episode 10 of the podcast, which will be the last for this season, season one of our podcast together. So that's kind of exciting um, that we've we've gone through this like yeah 10 10 episodes and this is a first for me so it's been it's been very um interesting and uh and then we'll like start planning about what we're going to do next season so yeah stay tuned anyway um today's topic i thought i'd talk about zero waste i was on a panel discussion um last weekend Gosh, time is such a funny construct in this lockdown scenario. Anyway, last week and for Zero Waste Indonesia, and it was fantastic, like just really re-energizing to get together with other zero waste experts and, and talk about, yeah, talk about something that's so important to all of us. Um, and I know that zero waste has been a buzz for some time. It's, you know, it's, it's easily understood around the globe. Um, and I think it also builds on my favoured uh, sustainable development goal, which is conscious, um, sorry, responsible consumption and production. I think that that, you know, zero waste sort of is built on that foundation from my, uh, from my point of view. Um, a few years ago, I was working with a fantastic, fantastic luxury resort in Myanmar. And I was really excited about the work that we were doing together. And I said to them, I think that you could be zero waste. And they were like, oh, no, I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're quite zero waste. And so I started looking up definitions of what is, what is the definition of zero waste. And a couple of definitions I found referred to zero waste being as um, diverting all but 10% from landfill. So I feel like there is some contingency in there, which is great because that also means we don't have to be perfect, which I think is like unsustainable and not necessarily attainable. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, having this sort of 10% wiggle room, I think is a, is a good thing, especially if, uh, if you're starting out on zero waste and reducing your uh, your waste in general um, it make to me it makes it a little bit less intimidating um, so 
even when I was living my zeroest waste life in Cambodia, uh, and I think at that point it was probably less than 10% direct waste, but I was also aware of the fact that I was living in a place where it was easy, very affordable to eat out, and I know that the places I was eating at were not necessarily zero waste. That said, a lot of them were really doing a good job and doing their best, and I know that because I was working with them. <laughs> um, but now that I'm back in Australia and it's been nearly two years, actually coming up to the anniversary, which is, uh, whew, I don't know where that time's gone, mostly sitting in my apartment. Um, just kidding. Um, I've really noticed a difference. I do feel like to a degree I've had to relearn my waste minimizing techniques. But the thing I did from the get go was just didn't get a garbage bin. <laughs> so I actually have this, um, I think I picked it up off the curbside, this shiny gold, it's probably a pot plant. And that's what I use for my landfill waste. Um, but even though my landfill waste is small, the amount of single use plastics in my life is a lot and I find it quite hard to avoid in this situation where fresh markets are less accessible. Uh, that was the place I would go shopping in Cambodia. There's, there was all, like several amazing markets within very easy reach of my home or work uh, and even the option to get organic veg delivered to my house, which is something I continue on here, but this time it comes in a, a cardboard box. Um, I do send them back to the company and I really hope they're, they're reusing them, but I'm not always confident in that. I'd leave a bag out in Cambodia, they'd transfer, they'd bring the produce in a basket, they'd transfer it into my shopping bag and to go and I have found one place that do that here in Sydney so that's exciting it's great to see that kind of coming back to that but the single-use plastics huge um, really a lot harder to avoid here than uh, yeah than how I was living in Cambodia that said I now prepare like 99% of my meals at home um, I am very much on a health journey and that means getting a variety of produce and different things for me and unfortunately a lot of them come in plastic. So, you know, weighing up this um, waste issue, which is an issue, uh, and my health uh, are really important to me. So knowing that, um, yeah, I can't change the world by myself and I need to be healthy and well in order to make the impact that I'm working on. But I separate, clean and recycle as much as I can and we're fortunate to have some excellent programs here in Australia, but it's still a linear process. Uh, packaging is created, we use it once and we discard it. And you know, even if that is going into a recycling process, what's coming out at the other end is not that same sort of packaging again. Uh, and it's what a lot of a lot of um, people refer to as downcycling. So it will be recycled once, but the chances of it being recycled a second time are pretty slim. 
Uh, in fact, I'm not even entirely sure whether the, the process allows for that. I found a recycled plastic container when I was doing a bit of a clean up the other day and I'm like, I don't know, can I recycle this again? I'm not really sure. Um, so that linear process is one that, you know, that is, that is changing and needs to change more rapidly. Um, I've been trialling some home delivery companies. So I mentioned I get veggies delivered. I've done that from, from the beginning. Uh, it helps me. I don't have a car. It's not easy to grab a tuk-tuk here, unfortunately. Uh, and so it saves me time. Uh, it saves me carrying really heavy bags uh, when I mainly walk. Um, and I also know that it's coming direct from the farmer and it's package-free predominantly, which is great. Uh, but I've been trying some other companies for actual groceries, so, you know, staples, milk, eggs, etc. Um, curry paste, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, coconut milk, oh, the best. You know, that kind of, the other things that we need um, because I don't sustain on vegetables alone. And so I had a really great conversation with one of these. There's the ones that are actually transferring out of their reusable tubs and into my shopping bags, which is amazing. Uh, and the example that came up in a conversation, I asked, would they take back my egg cartons? Because to me, an egg carton is still in basically perfect condition. Not even basically, it's in perfect condition when I'm done with it. Yet we're recycling this back down into pulp and producing more cardboard or paper or what have you out of it. So it's being recycled, but it seems like an unnecessary step if I could get that egg carton back to the manufacturer. Man, oh God, anyway, let's not go into the nuance of, uh, of me using the word manufacturer um, <laughs> to the egg farm uh, and refilling it. It would be a, you know, a much um, less wasteful process. So, and just this week I ordered some, uh, some shampoo bars and some other health supplements from an online eco store. And it's fantastic, you know, my confirmation email said we're gonna be packaging it in, you know, sustainable and recycled packaging, which is great. But it was still a single use box and paper, a lot of paper packaging. And I'm like, right, so how many of them are being sent out every day? At the moment, these things are unavoidable. And I would like to emphasize that supporting these small eco-friendly businesses is absolutely part of the solution. And that's why I will continue to buy from them. Um, because I know that voting for these guys with my dollars is shifting what's normal. It's shifting us into a much more sustainable way of living. And there's other good news. Uh, Package-free shopping is becoming more mainstream. So whilst at the moment, uh, you know, these bulk food, bulk food stores or um, package free stores are fairly niche and they're a separate entity. Uh, my local supermarket, which is a small New South Wales based chain, uh, have introduced some more refillable options. Uh, if I drank dairy milk, I could get dairy milk refills, which is awesome. I don't, but still I love seeing it when I go in there. I can get um, fizzy water refills, which is amazing. And they've also introduced a range of like lentils and beans and things uh, that you can try, you can buy with your, um, with your own containers or uh, 
reusable produce bags. So that's great. And then our big national, one of the big national supermarkets here in Australia, Coles, have also pledged to do more in the way of sustainability and become the most sustainable supermarket in Australia, which is a big promise. And I will be watching intently to see how they go with that. As well as um, our sort of everyday uh, items, produce, what have you, which I don't believe really needs to be packaged anyway, um, there are some other fantastic uh, innovations that are coming out. And one that I saw a post on uh, just this week is called Loop. Uh, it's run by the recycling company called TerraCycle. Uh, and Loop is about refilling things. And so just in the UK this week, they have launched a refill system for Heinz products. So tomato ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, that kind of stuff, uh, glass bottles that will be dropped back to the supermarket when you're going in for a refill and those will be sterilized and put back into use, which is great. Again, it's like not recycling something if you're just gonna be needing it for exactly the same purpose over again. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, and one of my colleagues at uh, my part-time gig has been, has introduced me to a company called Returner. Uh, and this is in place, so I hear, uh, with Deliveroo, one of the big um, you know, meal delivery companies in Victoria. Uh, and yeah, having that you know, closed loop returnable packaging associated with that. And I think given how the world has been in the last uh, two years with the pandemic. Uh, home delivery has escalated and so it's fantastic to see something like that. And I would absolutely say like, if there's anyone listening from Victoria, I would love to hear if you've experienced this and how this works. I also love that uh, Deliveroo actually offset so they're carbon neutral and they offset the deliveries which is amazing um, so that's another thing that we can see like there's so many of these food delivery companies and they've been around you know in some places for a really long time they've definitely boomed during the pandemic but some of them are taking a stance to make sure that they're more environmentally friendly which is fantastic it goes to show you can be a successful business um, as well as minimizing your impact as best you can. So that's uh, that's pretty much what I have to say for today. It's fairly short and sweet, but I do want to leave you with some ways that you can get closer to zero. Uh, you might be at the beginning or somewhere in the middle, like me. Um, you know, or if you're further along, let me know. I'd love some tips. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. We're all at different stages. Is the point that I'm trying to make and that you're trying is the most awesome thing. So just keep doing your best. Uh, but here's five quick takeaways um, that I hope will help you uh, whatever stage you're at. So number one, make a list. Buy only what you need. It's very uh, tempting to add more. Um, it's very tempting to throw something, oh, that's on special, oh, that's a bargain, but it's not a bargain if you didn't need it. So making a list and buying only what you need will save you from, uh, you know, maybe wasting if it's food, it will save you money for sure, guaranteed, uh, and it will also save you from, yeah, buying something you don't need that may, um, you know, may sit 
in your cupboard until you move house in five years time and um, you realize you don't really need it anyway. So uh, that, would, that would be my number one tip, make a list. And number two, buy from small eco businesses. So seek them out. It may not be super obvious, but there's more and more popping up all the time. Um, if you want to know any of the ones that I use here in Sydney, if you're in Sydney, let me know. Happy to share. Uh, you know, constantly testing and seeing what's new. So finding those small businesses, supporting your local businesses, but especially finding out which ones are taking steps towards being environmentally sustainable. Uh, go and support those guys because, you know, this is the future. Number three, re-evaluate what you need. This has been such a satisfying and amazing part of the journey for me, is realising that I don't need fabric softener, for example. I just stopped buying that, like, well, partly when I moved to Cambodia, I guess. I don't know if I did buy it before that either. And uh, hasn't hasn't bothered me in the slightest. In fact, I'm very grateful not to have those synthetic fragrances on my clothes. And in fact, I can now smell if someone's walking past me and they have like a really strong smelling detergent or fabric softener. It's like it's quite off-putting. <laughs> so thinking about those things you need. I don't buy a whole heap of cleaning products anymore. I buy dishwashing liquid, dishwasher powder, bulk from my my local bulk store, uh, which is Naked Foods here in Mossman. And I clean everything else with bicarb or vinegar or other DIY uh, cleaning products that I make from those ingredients. Fun fact, apparently, if you mix vinegar and bicarb together, which has like been a super famous combo in the zero waste world forever, they actually cancel each other out. So uh, I'm now trying, how do I do this with just one or the other? And that the two together aren't necessarily more powerful, even though they fizz and put on a good show. Um, you may actually get a more effective clean just by using vinegar or bicarb. So. There we go. And that's actually taken a bit of pressure off me because I can't get to the eco store that I like in Manly that has affordable white vinegar refills. And so it's been troubling me thinking that I may have to use another plastic bottle. But no, I don't because I just use bicarb only to clean my loo rather than what I was doing before. So happy days. Okay, number four, buy in bulk of what you do need to minimize packaging. So if you can't access a bulk uh, package-free store or something like that, and you do need to go down the conventional route, there's things I buy from conventional supermarkets. I use a combination of places. So um, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but if you know you need it, if you know it's something you consume a lot of, buy the biggest packet you can find. Uh, and you can always package that up into containers or jars when you get home to keep it fresh. But if you, you know you go through a lot of stuff, buy it in bulk, it minimises the amount of packaging you'll end up with overall. And number five, just keep going. It doesn't have to be perfect. It really, it really doesn't. The thought and the conscious shift in thinking is what's most important. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just keep doing your best. Keep on doing everything you can. You see something new, add it in. Something falls off, don't 
stress about it, but think about how you can pick that back up again. Um, I know that, again, with the, the pandemic, Keep Cups has been a really hard one, but seeking out the places that will do a contactless pour, or if you're in a place that's not in a lockdown, um, you know, asking for a dining cup, even if you need to go, get them to pour it into a ceramic cup that you can transfer to your travel mug and keep going. I know that's been a hard one, but I think that's one we can really pick up. I have maintained a very healthy, <laughs> some may say unhealthy, but no, I believe healthy, a healthy level of coffee consumption during this lockdown. And I've always been able to go to cafes who will um, take my keep cup and I know and trust that, you know, that I've washed it well and that I'm not risking any any contamination to them. And I know and trust that they've got great hygiene in place as well. I hang on to the lid myself. That's the bit that I put my mouth on. So I know that I'm not giving them anything that's come in contact with my mouth. Um, and, you know, we all take care of each other. And it's absolutely been so good because last lockdown, the first one, I didn't buy a single coffee and, you know, that was great for my wallet and it was a tough, tough time for me financially at that stage. Um, but I missed it and, you know, I was really happy when things opened up again and I didn't have to rely on my coffee making skills, which are, you know, they're okay, but they're, you know, baristas do it a little bit better. Uh, so that's my story. Keep going. Is there something that you used to do that you can pick back up again or do you want to tackle those top five? Just um, do your best. So thanks for joining me on this solo episode. I hope it was interesting. It's a little unusual for me to be uh, doing this. That said, um, many of my friends in Cambodia will attest that uh, some of my voice memos I send them on WhatsApp do resemble mini podcasts at times. Um, but yeah, I hope that you're well and I will look forward to seeing you next time with Kelly back on, uh, on the call as well so that we can uh, wrap up season one of life, the world and everything in between. Take care and bye for now. Mm -hmm.